Dr. Marketing Tips, paging Dr. Marketing Tips. Dr. Marketing Tips, you're needed in the marketing department. Welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast, your prescription to the answers you seek to grow your medical practice easier, better, and faster. This show is all about connecting practice administrators and medical marketing professionals with peers working in practices, learning from experiences, making mistakes, and sharing successes. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips show. I am Jennifer. And I'm Corey. And today we're going to talk about really the top things that you should be doing as a medical practice to really market your practice, not just to new patients, but also to existing patients that you've got out there. Yeah, so outside of the show here, um, you know, we, we run a medical marketing agency. And so a lot of times clients or potential clients will come to us and, and they'll say, you know, I've never really had to market before. What are you guys going to do for me? How can I do this myself? Or do you have any advice? You know, things like that. So what we wanted to do in this episode was just talk through some of the ways that you actually can start marketing your practice and you can make a dent um, in a relatively short amount of time. Yeah, and I think that there's sometimes a misnomer that things are going to cost a lot of money um, or going to take an enormous amount of time. But just like anything else, it's all about laying a foundation and making sure that you have a foundation that you can kind of turn up the spigot when necessary and turn down the spigot when necessary. But, you know, we, we talk about it all the time on the show. The number one thing that you should be doing from a marketing standpoint is making sure that all of your assets are correct and that your information is there. And as long as you have ownership of all those assets and everything's ready to go, you'll be able to turn things up or turn them down based on your needs. Yeah, absolutely. And there's things that you can do that are really effective short term. And then there's things that require a little bit longer of a runway, but there's residual uh, benefits to those and they'll kind of deliver on the long term. So with that, um, let's start with some short term stuff. Um, I would say number one is to do paid search advertising. So essentially, if you go to Google, which by the way, um, they have Google ads you'll see those at the top of pretty much any search that you do. And you wanna be on Google Ads if you're gonna do the paid search advertising because they control 93% of total searches. So that's where the people are. So let me ask you this, because we hear it all the time. What's, why would I do Google search ads? How does that actually work? And why would I not run ads in my local newspaper or run it on, let's say, Facebook? Yeah, so um, Google's great because it's on demand. So on Facebook or any social platform, you're going to show up in the news feed and people are just kind of scrolling along and they see your ad, but they're not really looking for your service specifically. But let's say you're an orthopedic practice and someone goes to Google and they say, um, best knee doctor near me. Well, you want to show up in the results there. So there's a bunch of ways that you can do that. But the quickest way to show up is to purchase a search ad. So when someone types in that query, you show up at the top and it says, best knee doctor in blank town. And then you'll show up there. And just by putting a little bit of budget here, you can show up literally within hours and you can compete against your top competitors that are there. Yeah, and whereas if I were gonna run an ad in, let's say my local newspaper, which is if you've got the money, it's not always a bad thing to run in traditional, especially if you're going to use um, if you're going to use call tracking. But the thing is, if you run an ad in the paper, let's say it's a thousand dollars. Well, you don't know who that 
is reaching, how many people are actually seeing it. Um, whereas if you took that $1,000 and you put it into search, you're really, correct me if I'm wrong, you're only paying when people are actually searching and doing something. And aren't you paying when they actually click through to your website or are you paying for those impressions as well? Correct, yeah. So you're only paying when someone actually clicks on the ad. So there's kind of an ancillary benefit there because, again, let's go back to that um, knee example. Uh, let's say somebody says, best seen doctor near me. You show up, let's say you're second on the page behind a health system that's just outbidding you. They're just paying more. But you show up second at the very top of the page where, um, let's say, your other competitors in your, your community are much further down the page. Um, even if they don't click on your ad, you get that impression. There's no cost for you to do that unless they click on the ad. So you continue to show up, and then that's where it makes sense maybe if you're talking about like a traditional strategy or maybe social to kind of supplement this. So let's say someone's just doing some initial research and so they type in best knee doctor, you show up second, they don't click on you, maybe then they go to Facebook, they see your name there, they flip open a magazine, they see your name there and they're like, man, that guy is everywhere. So that's where it kind of makes sense to focus on some of these other channels as well. Um, but when you do search, you know, you, you sort of bypass um, anyone that is looking for something uh, specific. So you show up right when someone needs you and you're there at the top of the page and it's basically instant. And from that point, they click on your website. Ideally, they land somewhere that makes sense and describes the benefits and, and they agree with whatever you're saying on the site. They decide to make an appointment. Boom, that's a conversion. You can check that off the list, and that's an effective way to market. Yeah, and since we're talking about search and Google just specifically, I think the next thing that really when you're putting together your marketing program that you need to be paying attention to are the directory listings and your Google My Business pages because we've got the case study. If you haven't, um, hopefully if those that are listening and watching this haven't gone and listened to the episode where we talk about our Google My Business case study that directly brought in $245,000 for one practice, stop what you're doing and go do that. Because if you, you know, with all things considered, your GMB pages are free and those are showing up at the exact moment that patients are looking for you as well. Yeah, and, and so same idea there. Um, it's, again, kind of uh, demand-based. So if someone is searching for you, uh, if you have all of your Google business listings claimed and you have the right categories, so again, going back to the knee example, if you actually are categorized as orthopedic doctor with specialty in knees, then, uh, and let's say you've got a decent amount of reviews there, Google will show your review page. You'll show up in maps, you'll show up on the right side of the search results page, and if you have more reviews, we know um, from numerous studies that is a huge factor in the decision-making process. It's actually the number one factor in the decision-making process is the four or five star reviews. And that's from Press Ganey's consumer index survey that came out last year. Right, so if you have great reviews, your listings are complete, claimed, and you control uh, the information that's there, there's a very good chance that you're going to show up. And what's nice is when you're competing against some of like the larger sort of um, health systems or even like the big practices, sometimes just due to volume, 
they'll they will wind up with lower review scores. So this is an area where you know if you're on top of it, you can have let's say a 4.6, 4.7 star rating with 600 reviews compared to the hospital that's at 3.2 with 47 reviews. You know, and and people when they're comparing kind of apples to apples, they'll just say, oh, well I'm going to go to the one that has more reviews and a higher star. Rating. That's exactly the case. And that didn't cost you any money. That's exactly the case. And GMB makes it so easy because. Your phone number is linked in it. We know that most people are pulling it up on their phone at the moment they need it. They click it, they make the appointment, it's done. Yep. What's the next thing, Corey? Um, so next thing, at the beginning of the show, we kind of talked about short-term, long-term. So the Google Ads can be short-term solution. A little bit longer-term. Immediate. Immediate, yeah. Um, a little bit longer-term would be um, blogs. So if you're publishing blogs that are specific to things that you want to focus on, let's say it's a new procedure, for example. Maybe you run a med spa and um, you've got a new laser that you want to talk about. So when people hear about this or they find out about um, some of the benefits of using this particular product, they're going to search for it, you're going to show up, and then ideally that puts them in the funnel for your practice. They read about the laser and your expertise and they say, yeah, that's the place that I'm going to go to. So uh, the, the downside of that is one, you've got to write that content. It's got to be really good. It's got to be search engine friendly. And it takes a while for that to actually, what they call index, and then show up in the results. So this is a process that um, I kind of mentioned at the top. It takes a little bit longer. You need somewhat of a runway to get this done, and it requires more uh, man hours to really like kind of make this work. But what's great is once it's actually set up and it's working, then it just takes care of itself. So um, unless Google makes some sort of big change within their search algorithm, which they do sometimes, um, you, if you have a successful blog post that hits, it will continue to deliver for you, again, at little to no cost. You know, and it's, it's, it's true, and I think it's worth once in a blue moon, you know, this isn't the fundamental, like, set up these five things to market your medical practice, but this is the once in a while to revisit, go look at what pages are performing historically, and that are maybe starting to lag, and go in and update that content. Because if you're not refreshing it, Google's not gonna to index it again, or you want them to re-index or crawl it. And you know those pages that perform so well, you need to give them a little love so they continue performing. Yeah, without like getting too far in the weeds, what'll happen is uh, Google and, and really all the search engines, they will occasionally go and what they call crawl a website. So if they crawl your site and let's say you're number one and two performing pages have not been updated in six years. Which is often the case. Which is often the case, right. Um, then you will eventually just start to kind of fall down the rankings. So it does make sense to go in, like you said, and kind of refresh those. And same idea with the blogs. If you publish something new, when they go to crawl it, they're going to say, oh, this website, which is pretty reputable and talks about um, everything related to med spa in the Denver area or whatever, um, they publish something new. So now when somebody searches for it, we know this is a good website that publishes good content. Let's put this answer up to the top because if someone's searching for it, they probably will find the answer here. And that's sort of how all of that comes together to work. It's quite the ecosystem. What's the next thing on our list? It is, it is. Um, next one I think is an obvious one, but oftentimes I think practices aren't really sure what to do with it, but it's to discuss your, your products and your services on social media and just kind of have a consistent presence there. And the hang up sometimes is 
Okay, I'm on Facebook. I don't know what to talk about, or it takes too much work, or what, what am I supposed to do once I'm here? And am I, am I even in the right place? Those are a lot of the questions that we get. So I have been going back to this um, many times lately, because I feel as if with multiple clients, um, we are essentially a content studio for them. Like we are creating great content. And I think you have to take a step back. I mean, you have to say, let me create amazing content and let me repurpose that content. And so to those listeners out there right now, if you've been watching us for the last five plus years, you know that we've been big advocates for creating video content. And there's no reason not to go back to your older video content and slice it and dice it to repurpose it. There's actually entire organizations out there that do nothing but help you repurpose your content because it's so important to get it out there. With that said, think of yourself as, as a TV, you know, a broadcast network. You're producing great content and then there's these social channels that you're using like TV, like the channels, so whether it's ESPN, which let's call that TikTok, or e, probably e-television is TikTok, and then maybe Facebook is your ESPN, and Instagram and Twitter, and everybody has a little bit different of audience. So if you have great content, and then you go to your marketing team and say, let's splice this up so that we can deliver it on social media, whether it's announcements about your practice, whether it's new doctors that are joining, maybe it's an opportunity for some employee engagement, recognizing your employees for a job well done, sharing those testimonials that you're getting or those great reviews that you're getting, things like that. You have to take that great content, splice it up, and then choose which channel to put it on. Right, and, and each one of those channels is kind of like a different network yeah, when absolutely. it comes to TV. Yeah. So that the audience is slightly yeah. different and they're gonna want maybe a different spin on yeah, whatever news the versus, content is. you know, entertainment television. Right, right, that's a really good point. And, and the idea here is that there's, we know without getting into the, the stats and the numbers, there's just, there's a ton of people on every one of these networks. Some of those people are the right patient for you. So if you're producing, like you said, the great content and you're providing value to them, a portion of those people are gonna find their way to your content, you're gonna show up for them, and then they're going to just sort of organically convert yeah. into pictures. Just Because just like on a TV channel, you might throw an advertisement on a TV, right? And that's what you do when you're running, let's say you're on Facebook and you're running evergreen content, that's kind of like an advertisement. Mm -hmm. Or you may have, maybe you, you're lucky enough to get invited by the local news to do an interview. That would also be the great type of content that you can create. And then maybe it's, you know, informational infomercials and things of that nature or stories from your patients. One thing that we've been exploring a lot with um, is like creating local TV stations within some of the practices that we're working with. So we'll send them the microphone and the little thing that goes on the end of the microphone like that reporters have, and they'll pick someone on staff that's like the roaming reporter and they'll say, welcome to my practice TV today. And today I'm joined by Dr. Baldwin over here. And Dr. Baldwin's a new orthopedic um, sports medicine specialist that just joined the practice. Dr. Baldwin, welcome, blah, blah, blah. And they do it just like a regular interview style and they've gotten some great traction because it's thumb stopping and it's fun and it's informative and it's a great way to use social media really to your advantage. Yeah, and I think um, the, the takeaway there is not only do you wanna create this really good content, but when you do that, 
you're also enabling conversation, which is the key to social. So you post that fantastic video with Dr. Baldwin, someone's going to say, oh, can he do knees? Bringing it back to the top example. Mm -hmm. And then your job is to say, absolutely. And he's also practicing at the location that's downtown and uptown and you know. That's right. Yeah. I mean, we even did it for the opening of an office. We did an office tour and we do it to recognize. Sometimes we do it as to have a conversation for PAs. You know, we'll be, it's PA week right now while we're recording this and we're doing a bunch of interviews with doctors about the relationships that they have working with their PAs and then taking that and using it as an opportunity to have an engagement with the physicians, um, which we don't always get to engage with them or to engage with staff who doesn't always get recognized in a way that they're happy and having a good time and, and they're seeing that they're valued. And when that gets posted, inevitably. People love it. People love it and patients are gonna say, oh, Ashley was my PA That's and she's it. fantastic. Yep. And then you'll see that that breeds more conversation which leads to referrals and that's how you build. That's exactly the case. All right, next one is um, emails. So emails to patients is tricky because um, you, you want to do, if you're going to do like an email newsletter, that's what I'm talking about here, to promote, um, let's say you're going to do a quarterly newsletter and you're going to talk about a new physician joining or a new procedure, new office location, uh, maybe you're just recognizing some staff or a patient story. There's plenty of content that you can put in there. The tricky part is it's not so much just saying, I'm going to make a newsletter because you're not going to go into Outlook and then type in patients and then put this on there. So you're going to need a little bit of like uh, you're going to need a little bit of a software support to make this work. But it is a very valuable tool um, because you get great data from it. So if you have a patient list, you can set up something. There's tons of email providers out there: um, Mailchimp, Active Campaign, Constant Contact. Those are just a few that come off the top of my head. Um, relatively affordable to put this together. Uh, but what's nice is you get a ton of data in terms of open rate, click-through rate, and you can really see how patients are interacting with certain messages and then change what you're talking to them about to, to um, really take advantage and, and get the most value from your list when you do this. Well, and I think also um, it's emails often overlooked right? right. because it's true, we it's overdid it for years, right? And then now we're doing instant messaging, slacks, and you know, messenger and things of that nature, but it's a great way to get the message out in front of the audience, whether or not they read it or click or interact. The fact is they're not thinking about your practice, but you've just given another impression. Right. Because I don't know what the numbers are, but I would venture to say probably like, I don't know, over 90% of people check their email every single day. So whether they click on your email or not, maybe only 20% are going to mm-hmm. click on your email. But they're going to look at their inbox and they're going to see that they got an email from your practice, which, like you said, you know, for a certain percentage of them, that's going to trigger something in their brain to go, oh, you know what? I do need to make that appointment. Yep. Whether they open the email or not. That's right. And it's a, I think email is a great way to give bite-sized content, kind of like you would for social. Like maybe, maybe you have a list, maybe you're a knee doctor and you have an email list and maybe it's five ways like that you can protect your knees this winter or you know, a webinar or something like that. But you don't always have to have them click through to your website. I mean, I think that's great for the data that we get, but the fact is you're in there, you're in their inbox, give them something useful and valuable and be, you know, remain top of, top of mind. Yeah, I mean, it's just a way to stay in contact with them. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, at least trigger something where they go, oh, I do need to call them or I, I, let me 
write that down and then go visit the website later. So you may not actually get the data that says that they clicked on the email, went to the thing, and then completed the action, but they may have seen the email three days later on a different device, yeah. went to your website, made an appointment. Yeah, and, and it kind of goes to, um, I think there's a couple things with emails. You have existing patients mm -hmm. and you have potential patients. And so your existing patients, you've got that, you know, you know that they're your patients, that's one message. Your potential patients might be from an asset that you, you, know, you created for your website and you're building an email list. Maybe you purchased the list, things of that nature. It's kind of a different message. But when it goes to marketing to your existing patients, I think top of mind awareness, you know, reminding them that you're here, that's easy enough with email. Another thing that we're doing a lot with right now are TVs, like digital signage, lobby TVs. Super simple. Can't, like, I'm so happy that we found it. We have a device that you plug into the back of the TV. We are able to monitor and update those videos from our content hub in our offices. We've got a guy on a computer, on the computer, types it in, switches out, makes new doctor announcements, closure announcements. Those interviews, so for example, we just did this great like local practice TV interview with one of the branch managers for a new office that they opened. And she's doing a walkthrough and she's, it's an ortho practice, so she's saying, here's where we do the x-rays, here's so-and-so, here's the PA, here's where you check out. Um, I'm, I'm Jesse, I'm the new branch manager, I've been here nine years, and she goes on and on. Well, then we're able to take that video, pop it into the lobby video, and when people are sitting there, they're able to get the walkthrough of the office, they're able to meet the office manager so they feel more inclined to have a conversation with her, and we're able to make those announcements. And so. I think that we sometimes forget about marketing to our existing patients. Digital signage, email, those are all in that same category for me. Yeah, it's funny. I was, um, I was just talking to somebody the other day, and they said something that I'm starting to hear more and more, and it, it kind of started as a joke, but it's really like become a serious thing where people are like, I'm so tired of walking out to the front desk and seeing like Home and Garden TV yep. or TLC or whatever. And uh, I, I've just I've been hearing that a lot mm -hmm. randomly, and um, like you said, now that we have that that sort of like cloud solution, you plug it in, and then it's your messaging in front of your patients the entire time that they're sitting in your waiting area. So, um, the, well, and we're able to we're able to even pull in like traffic data, like weather, the weather. Yeah. We can pull in local high school sports scores on on the algorithm. It's great. Yeah, and in the. The practice that I was talking to, it's an ENT practice, and they were saying, or I was thinking as they were sort of complaining to me about like the home and garden thing, I was like, well, if someone is sitting in the seat there and they came in for an ear infection, they probably have no idea that you also can treat their allergies or their, their throat issues or their balance issues. Mm -hmm. So that, while they're sitting there, this is a perfect time to showcase everything else you can do for yep. them. And as they're sitting there, they just go, huh, how about that? Next thing you know, that that patient is scheduling another appointment with you, so it, it's a win-win, you know. And then you can cut your cable bill too, which is well, great. And that's absolutely we had a practice that did it, and they were spending six thousand dollars on cable, and which we're, is insane. We're cutting it. That's well, insane. they got a lot of offices. Yeah. But it, I love it because your ENT, you just approved one of those new videos for the doctor, and you're able to just drag and drop the video, the and update. all of a sudden it's it's fresh and new. So I think that you know we just the bigger pick the bigger like message here is marketing to our existing patients and using those waiting rooms and the signage and everything you've got in order to cross market and cross promote 
and really to reinforce the message that you want to get out there. Yeah. And again, that um, going back to what we were talking about at the top, short term, long term, to create that content is a little bit longer of a play. But once you have it, then you can update things instantly. Well, and, and that content is also the same content that you're using on, on social, social media, which is also some of the stuff that could wind up on a blog. So everything kind you're of you're creating works your own here. ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. What's the next thing? Uh, next thing is just video in general. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, we, we, and we just talked about it, but when you create this content, maybe it's an office tour, maybe it's um, a getting to know you video for a new doctor. This is a great way to really engage with patients in a medium that we know, um, that they want to be engaged with because nobody wants to read. So when we create video, um, we're going to be able to control the story. We're going to be able to give a little bit of kind of behind the curtain so people kind of feel like they, um, they, they know people at the practice and they're engaged that way. And then we can take that video and use it across all these different channels that we just talked about for different marketing messages. And um, you know, it also lives on YouTube, which is now I think YouTube is the number three search engine because it's Google, TikTok, and then YouTube now. Yeah, and kind of I alluded to it before, but we'll use this as an example. So we've been doing this show 300 episodes, I don't know, five or six years, um, and we just started doing the video. And we don't get a ton of views on YouTube, but that's not the point of doing the video. The point of the video is, so we edit it down, and then we have our editor take it and I have him resize it. So we have it where it goes on YouTube and it goes into the audio universe. So whatever you're listening to from a podcast standpoint, it's there. But then it goes on YouTube, it gets edited to fit for Facebook, it gets re-edited for Instagram, it gets re-edited for Instagram stories, then it goes on TikTok now, and now we're using it on YouTube Shorts because YouTube is trying to compete with TikTok. And so it's one video that we have sliced up for multiple things. And so now for a lot of our clients, I'm going back, we're getting the inventory of the videos, we're looking at things as long as they still look good. And we're breaking those, let's say back in the day, it was keep your videos under two minutes. Well, now we have to keep them to 15 seconds to 20 like seconds. So what we're doing is going back, getting all the good sound bites, creating new videos, re-editing it together, and it's the gift that keeps on giving. It's just taking a different format. Yeah, and I think the, the takeaway for all of these different um, channels and, and methods is that there's things that you can do to market your practice. Some of them you can spin up incredibly quickly, like the Google Ads. You can, you know, if you wanted to, you could have that up and running. This afternoon. Like, yeah, an hour you really and a half. Really good. Mm -hmm. uh, or there's things that take a little bit longer of a play, but then you can cut up and use on different channels for different things. And the moral of the story is that um, you know when you're when you're doing this, you're controlling the conversation about your practice, and you're you really own more or less each one of these these channels, and you can direct who you're reaching. Whereas on the traditional side, like with a magazine or a newspaper ad, you're just kind of beholden to wherever that magazine is going, and some of those people are going to be your patients, some are not. But here. We're able to target who, we, who we're talking to, what the message is, and then we can adjust on the fly and um, you know, fill the, the clinic schedules that way. Good advice. And with that, I'm Jennifer. I'm Corey. See you next time on the Doctor Marketing Tips Show. Thanks a bunch. Thanks, guys.
Thanks for listening to the DrMarketingTips.com podcast. If there's anything from today's show you want to learn more about, check out DrMarketingTips.com for our podcast resource center with all the notes, links, and goodies we mentioned during the show. If you're not already a subscriber to our show, please consider pressing the subscribe button on your podcast player so you never miss one of our future episodes. And if you haven't given us a rating or review yet on iTunes, please find a spare minute and help us reach and educate even more of our medical practice peers. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Doctor's Orders.